Well, God is good. God is good. It's good to be at church. Isn't it good to be at church? Aren't you glad you came to church? It's hilarious. You know, before I came to know Jesus, I uh, didn't go to church. And, uh, and now I go to church every weekend, and only God can do that. Um, before we jump into the message, I have just a few more announcements to share. One is Women's Retreat. It's coming up. And uh, you may have received a card already. Uh, ladies, I'm not talking to the men. I'm talking to the women. But uh, the deadline is next Sunday. So if you've been on the fence about it, we would encourage you to attend. It, there's something about going to the mountains. And, and uh, dedicating yourself to God and hearing God. It's going to be a great time. There's a guest speaker flying in, and it's going to be a good time. So make sure you sign up. You can go to uh, thorncreek.info or uh, the card that you received. Uh, you can scan it on the back with a QR code. Also, Best Weekend Ever is coming up. Uh, this is something we did last year, had great success. It's September 23 and 24. And what we're doing is we're just kind of pulling all the stops out for this weekend, and we're encouraging people to invite your friends to church. So you should have received a card. That card is not for you to throw in the trash can later. It's not for you to put in the refrigerator. It's not a coaster, not a door stopper. We want you to use that and give it to someone who does not attend a church. Notice I didn't say give it to someone who's not happy with their church. Give it to someone who does not attend a church. Someone who needs Jesus. Give it to someone who you're annoyed with and you just hate. Bring them to church. And, uh, and say, why don't you come to church with us? So use that card to invite someone. And we're going to do our very best to show them the love of God. That's what this church is about. We're going to do that. And then the last thing I want to share with you is Hope Week. Hope Week is coming up and that's going to be September 25 through 29. That's a Monday through Friday. We do this, uh, we did this last year. It was a great success. And for five days, we're partnering with five different organizations in the community, in the Denver area. And we just partner with them to love on people. And it's just a way that we could be the hands and feet of Jesus. On Monday, we're partnering with an organization called Food for Hope. Anybody ever hear of that organization? Yeah, we started that organization quite a few years ago. So on Monday night, we're going to need help. People uh, packing and doing all kinds of stuff. On Tuesday, we're going to be serving Growing Home. That's an organization that serves low-income families and will be harvesting their garden and doing other things. If you speak Spanish, that would be a cool night for you to attend on Tuesday night. Wednesday, it's uh, we're going to be serving at the Urban Farm. This is an organization that we served at last year, and they teach kids with educational difficulties life skills through agriculture. So, if you want to, like, clean the stalls and work with cows and donkeys and horses and goats and, and sheep, that's, this is your night right here. I loved it. There's a rancher inside of me. I, I, love, I love that part. There's something about the smell of manure. But anyway, on Thursday is the Foster Source organization. We're going to serve foster parents here at the church. We're going to provide them dinner and child care. If you enjoy cooking, if you enjoy working with kids, if you have a heart for those foster kids, please show up. And then Friday, we're serving with an organization called Paint a Thon. And uh, we're going to be partnering and painting, actually, an elderly home, an elderly couple's home, I should say, an elderly home, an elderly couple's home, and they live in the Thornton area. So we got to paint their house, the exterior. Here's the catch we got to paint the whole house in that one day. So right now, we have a total of 
three people signed up. So please don't do that to us. You know what I'm talking about? Don't do that to us. Please show up. If you can, if you can paint the fence, you can help out and it's going to be a lot of fun. Here's how you sign up for all this stuff is you pull out your phone and then I know you know where that phone is at. So pull it out and, and take a snapshot of that QR code and jump in somewhere. I want to encourage you to serve at least one night maybe two, and just be a part of it, and it, you can just come as you are, bring your jeans or whatever it is, and, and some sneakers, and it'll be good. All right, so this weekend, we're starting a brand new series, and it's called uh, Pearls, and we're looking at the book of Proverbs, but uh, before we jump into, before I jump into what, what Pearls is all about and the book of Proverbs, I want to start off with some popular sayings. So I'm going to start off with a saying, and I want you to finish it up for me, all right? Here it is. Um, better late than never. Oh, look at you. Who's somebody? Somebody's helping me out. Thank you for the love. Strike while the iron is. Um, many hands make light. Yep. Don't bite the hand that. Yep. Every parent sees that one. Um, actions speak louder than. Hello. You know that feels like, right? And don't judge a book by its. All right, so you know this stuff. So the book of Proverbs is found like right in the middle of the Bible. It's close to the middle. Psalms is, is the middle of the Bible, but it's close to the middle. Uh, it's right before the book of Psalms. And Proverbs is this collection of sayings. Now, what makes Proverbs unique is the author. The author of it is a guy named Solomon, King Solomon. Um, King Solomon, his daddy was King David, the guy who fought Goliath, the guy who sinned with Bathsheba, the guy who was a famous warrior, the guy who sang, wrote songs, that's, that's David. And, and so David's son Solomon was the next king, or the next king after David, and he looked around one day at, at all of his, his empire, and he realized, I don't have what it takes to lead these people. It's like, I'm in over my head. It's like when you've been promoted at work and you're like, boy, I have this job to do, but I feel like I'm in over my head. So that's what he, you know what he told God or he asked God, he said, God, would you give me wisdom to lead these people? And God was pleased with his prayer and God gave him wisdom and it was wisdom from God. And, and God told him, no one will ever have wisdom like you. No one before you or no one after you will have wisdom like you. So Solomon became famous for his wisdom. So a Proverbs chapter, a Proverbs, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, and most of it is written by Solomon. So this is the wisest guy on the planet. I mean, he's just dropping wisdom in 31 chapters or so. Um, the other thing about this is 31 chapters, and I'll say this, a lot of it has to do with relationships. So if you want to have a better relationship with your spouse, if you want to have a better relationship with who you're dating, if you want to have a better relationship with your friends, with your family members, with your coworkers, whatever, if you need to do better with your relationships, read one chapter of Proverbs every day. One chapter. Today's what? Oh, September 10, right? So September 10. So you read Proverbs chapter 10 today. And you can read all 31 chapters over a month and just keep reading them and add it to whatever you're reading. But if you do that, you'll have better relationships with people around you. We're dropping wisdom today, guys. I'm excited about this sermon. So uh, that's the book of Proverbs. We're going to start on first, uh, Proverbs chapter one. Here we go. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people what church teach people 
wisdom and what? To help them understand the insights of the what? Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These proverbs will give insight, say insight with me, insight, to the simple and knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I'm going to pray. God, have your way here. Open up our spiritual eyes and our ears. Soften our hearts to receive your word. And Holy Spirit, work in me and through me for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, behind this, uh, these proverbs, there's this message behind it. And I think it's important for us to first swallow this pill. So, here's, here's the pill. You don't know everything. You're still growing. So I want to talk to the person who feels like you know everything. Just because you went to church doesn't mean you know everything. So turn to the person next to you and just tell them you don't know everything. Can you do that? Don't get in an argument. Someone's going to be like, I didn't like your tone of voice. Don't argue right now. Save it for the drive home. You can argue then and say, I didn't like what you said to me. <laughs> Whatever it is. But you don't know everything. And Proverbs is about you want to go to another level. You want to get wiser. Then this is what it looks like. Now, I want to start off with sharing this quote from a guy named Vilfredo Pareto. He was an Italian economist. And, and I bet you've heard of it or something close to it. 80% of consequences come from 20% of the causes, okay? We've used this, this 80-20 rule has applied to so much of life. It's been said, 20% um, um, of your choices, 20% of your choices, you will experience 80% of those consequences of those choices. So if you think about this a little bit, guys, we are living out the consequences of our decisions for much of our life, right? For much of our life, who we're with, who we hook up with, and what relationships we have, and what career path we choose, and, and, and how we treat others, and, and uh, what our beliefs are, uh, we live out the consequences of our life for better and for worse. So this message right here, you can look at it another way. It, it's about you living out better consequences because you make better 20% decisions, right? All of you left brain logical people, math people, you got to love this quote. Because that's what it is. So when it comes to your relationships, your dating, your marriage, your friends, your relationships in the home, all of these things, it's about making better 20% decisions, wiser 20% decisions so that you can have a better life. You can have a better life. And verse 2, he says, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. So when you look at this chapter, and not only this chapter, but throughout uh, Proverbs, you see this comparison over and over between the wise and the foolish. What is wisdom? Wisdom. 
Um, <coughs> I have a ladder up here to help me out with this, guys. But um, here's a, this is just a simple ladder, and, and I think we're okay with this, right? I mean, I'm sure you've done this before. And, and it's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with this, and maybe even this. You're like, okay, now we're up here on the top. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. But what happens if I stand on the very top, and I put both feet on the top? What, is this wise or foolish? It's really interesting, when I did this in the other two services, all the ladies were like, no, 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 be careful. And the men were like, go for it, dude, go for it, go for it, man, yeah, go for it, dude. <laughs> Thank you, brothers. They all want to see me collapsed. I appreciate the gasps from the ladies and, you know, caring about me. Men, my brothers don't, aren't helping me out at all. But the idea behind this is there are certain decisions in our life that make sense, right? That we're okay with. But then we can go to, we can take a step that's just foolish. We can go into that relationship that we shouldn't be going into. You go to that place. Maybe even, you know, go there. You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, you have new consequences in your life that you're like, whoa. It was just supposed to be one night. Now I'm living out the consequences of it. Wow, it was just, we were just partying once. We were just celebrating the CU win in Boulder once. I mean, <laughs> this is a one-time deal. And now, now I'm living this. Now I got a situation on my hands, and now I'm living with the consequences. And, and what do I do now? I wasn't expecting that. And what do, I, what, do I do, what do I do with that? Living out the consequences of a decision that I made that wasn't right. What's wisdom? Here's one definition. The quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. I think that's a good definition. If you were to Google it, you probably would find that. But I'm going to give you a definition of wisdom that Solomon would agree with. Here it is. Wisdom is a capacity of the mind that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. That's different. That's different. That wisdom comes from God. That wisdom comes from a relationship with God. And the closer you get to God, the, the tighter you are in your walk with him, then God gives you wisdom and insight. And this is a person who sees things and you're like, boy, I, you know, that unexpected thing that happened, that unknown, that interruption, that problem, this suffering, what I'm going through right now, I see God's fingerprints in it. You know what I'm talking about? Last night in our, uh, <coughs> I, I love our Saturday night service. I feel like our guest relations people are, are like bouncers at the doors and <laughs> saying hello to people. It's just a fun night. But anyway, uh, last, last night, uh, we had our guest relations people out in the tent, out in the parking lot, and, and they were greeting people, and we had someone pull up to the liquor store to, to, get, their, to get their booze, whatever they're going to get. Anyway, they went back into their car, and the car wouldn't start. And it just so happens, one of our guest relations guys, like a mechanic, and he helped her out. Right there on the spot, there was like a hose issue or whatever it was, and just helped her out and, and talked to her about God. And now, just check this out. Wisdom. You can look at that situation and say, God was in that the whole time. God broke her car down right in front of the church. God knew who was scheduled to be on the guest relations team 
that night. God orchestrated this whole thing together, and he brought the church to her car because she hasn't been willing to step inside the church or a church for whatever reason. God was in that, and God loves that soul so much, and he loves her, and that's why it happened, and that's why he helped her out, and he had a chance to share his faith with her, had a chance. Is he here? what I'm talking about? Others of you may look at that and say, her car broke down. Cool, someone helped her out. But those who have wisdom can read between the lines. They read between, and they're really good at reading between the lines. They look and say, okay, God is in that. I see what's happening. I know God's working here. This is hard, but God's in it. Wisdom. Do you have wisdom? Can you see those kind of things? Let's talk about knowledge a little bit. Wisdom and knowledge are not the same thing. Knowledge can be defined as facts, information, and skills acquired by a personal, by person through experience or education. The theoretical or practical understanding of a subject. And hear this. You could have knowledge and not be wise. You know what I'm talking about? You could have knowledge, and we take pride in our knowledge. I mean, I know, you, you, you know, get your, some of you get your knowledge from TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff, and you have a hack, life hack, or whatever it is. You know, like, I saw this video, and it's good to have knowledge. But you can have knowledge and not be wise. So it's important to understand those two things are not the same thing. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. You know, guns. Knowledge, how to use a gun is a good thing. I mean, I think it's a good thing. I grew up hunting, and I grew up fishing, and all that stuff. I mean, I do. But wisdom is knowing when to use it and when not to use it. That's wisdom. There's a difference. There's a myth that I think a lot of us assume. The older I get, the wiser I get. Not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, come on. You just think about that a little bit. Wouldn't it be cool if once you hit 50 or 60 or 70, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm super wise now. I mean, just look at our world. It's not like that. You could have knowledge and not have wisdom. Verse 3 said, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. That word success just jumped off the page for me. I think it's safe to assume all of us in this room want to have a successful life. Isn't that fair to assume that? I think all of us want to experience success in whatever job we're in, whatever hobby we're in, whatever it is. We all want to experience success in life. Now, here's the question. If I asked you, do you want a million bucks or do you want wisdom, which would you choose? It's really weird how in church everybody's careful with their answers. You'd say a million bucks. That's the truth. Most of us in this room would say, I'll take the million, I'll ask for wisdom later. <laughs> it's like that. I'll do that. Why is that? I think ultimately we enjoy making money and having a good time. I think that's it. That's what drives a lot of us, making money and having a good time. But Proverbs chapter 16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold? Chapter 8 says, for wisdom is far more valuable then rubies, and then read that last line out loud with me, guys. Nothing. That's worth a lot, isn't it? Think about that. What you desire, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. Nothing you desire 
can compare with wisdom. Then I thought, why don't we have like lines of people saying, I need wisdom from God? Why, why is that something that we don't pursue? The wisest man to ever walk this planet said there's nothing greater than wisdom. Nothing. And he experienced all the pleasures of this world. I mean, you read Ecclesiastes, and the guy had, you know, hundreds of women. He had sex whenever he wanted it. He had all this money. He had all this power. He had all this fame. He had all the things that we look at and we desire, all those pleasures in life. And he looks at life, and he says, you know what? There's nothing greater than wisdom. Nothing. Verse 4 said, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple. Say simple with me. Another version says it like this, to give prudence to the, what church? So who are the simple and who are the naive? Simple people are gullible people. They believe just about anything, but it's a little bit more than that. They don't give much thought to their decisions, and they, they don't think much about the consequences of their decisions. Those are the simple and naive. Now, here's the good news. Solomon is saying, you know what? The simple and naive can have wisdom. Glory to God. God is willing to give you wisdom. And you may, you may be at a place where you feel like, I just don't know a lot. And, and you might feel pretty humble about your beginnings. Whatever it is, you are at a place right now where God wants to give you wisdom, and he's able to do that because he loves everyone. doesn't matter who you are, where you live, what's the color of your skin. God loves you, and he wants to give you wisdom. That's who he is. Here, let me sh give you a picture. Um, here's a picture of the uh, wisdom and foolishness a little bit. Um, when you look at Matthew chapter 7, Jesus shares his story um, about, it's like a parable about a, a wise builder and a foolish builder. You may have heard about it. So, so he starts off with saying, okay, the wise builder is someone who hears the words of Jesus and obeys them. They hear and they obey. And Jesus says, this person is like someone who builds their house on a rock. And when the storms come, when the wind blows, when the rain comes, the house still remains, and it's on a rock, and it's strong. And then Jesus says, okay, there's this other person. We'll call them a foolish person. This person does not hear the words of Jesus, or they don't obey the words of Jesus. They're considered foolish. That's what Jesus says. And instead, they build their house on sand. And when the rains come, and when the storms come, and the wind blows, the house is demolished because it was built on sand. So Jesus makes this point of, of you know, you know uh, if you hear and obey, you're wise. If you don't, you're foolish. And the book of Proverbs talks about this over and over. Uh, verse 7 said, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So throughout Proverbs, you see this contrast of wisdom and foolishness. Um, in fact, in Hebrew poetry, you see something called parallelism in Hebrew poetry. And you see it all through Proverbs. In fact, parallelism is when one idea is stated 
in a different way, and it's side by side. So it's like the same subject, it's just said in a different way, and it's side by side. Antithetical parallelism is when uh, two ideas are side by side, but they're two contrasting ideas. And you see it throughout Hebrews. Uh, like this verse right here, a wise person fears the Lord, a fool despises God's instruction. And you see it in other places, Proverbs chapter 14. The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with what? With Keep going. So the wise are like, you know what, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this and, and I'm going to go. And before I go to this next, you know what, I could fall down. I could like, I don't know, twist my ankle, maybe break my ankle. I could be taking showers over the next six weeks with a plastic bag over my left foot or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't think it's worth it. I don't think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, but the wise look at it and say, you know what, uh, I'm not going to respond to that. That girl over there is flirting with me, and if I, if I went into her web and I, I went down that road, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sacrifice my life for a one-night stand. Hello. I'm not going to go down that road. Those guys want me to kick it with them, and I know where they're at, and I know what they want to do, and if I go with them, mm, that's just a recipe for disaster. I'm not going to go that way. Chapter 13. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness. Chapter 18. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. They enjoy that. These, these are the people that when you try talking to, they're not listening to you. In fact, when you talk to them, they're already thinking about what they're going to say back to you, and they're not thinking about, they're not listening to you. But they enjoy airing out their opinions. They enjoy that. They have no interest in understanding at all. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. You don't like that? I want to, we got to be really careful. Don't be pointing or anything like that. <laughs> Don't be doing that. Fools vent their anger. These are the guys or gals, my brothers or sisters, that think if I'm louder, I win. If I get the last word, I win. That's how they think. But the wise hold it back. I'm going to help out those who are wise just for a little bit. I'm going to tell those of you who are fools that vent your anger easily. Let me say this. Just because they're not responding doesn't mean you're right. It could mean they just don't want to get in an argument with you. And they don't want to spend eight hours arguing about this. They know if they send something that's, that costs them eight seconds, it's going to cost them eight hours of the day. And they'd rather not say anything back to you and let you believe that you're right. Any, I'm talking to real people today. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the difference right there. Wise people have restraint. Just because they could doesn't mean they should. Wise people hold back their tongue. Wise people have this thing called self-control. Wise people pray in the heat of an argument and say, God, I need you to help me. Move in my heart. Move in his heart. Move in our heart. We need you, God. Verse 15, chapter 12. <clears throat> Fools think... Their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. 
Fools think their way is always right, most of the time right. They're rarely wrong. But the wise have the ability to listen. Listen is a learned trait. Listen is something that uh, we all need to be better listeners. We all need to be better listeners. And you have to practice that because it doesn't come naturally. It's a lot easier for us to talk than to listen. But the wise learn to listen. Uh, chapter 13, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into what? Trouble. Get into trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. That's what Taylor Swift would say. Trouble, trouble, trouble. <coughs> Isn't that cool? It's like who you run with. You'll be just like whoever you run with. Who you listen to, you're going to be just like them. You are just like them. We have a tendency to look at other people around us and secretly we think, I'm just a little bit smarter. I'm just a little bit more mature. I'm just, no, you're, you're just like them, bro. You're just like them. Whoever you run with, your circle of friends. Remember when I was dating Grace, and this was before I was a Christian, and I was a senior in high school, and I just, I just did, you know, stuff like played sports and party anyway but i remember one day she told me reuben you're just like your friends and i was i was offended by that because <laughs> i knew my friends but i always saw myself different and then i thought about it and i thought oh this girl is right this girl is right she was dropping wisdom right at my feet she was right i had to chew on that a little bit because i was a fool during those days see we can make foolish decisions and expect good consequences. It's like that guy who bounces around and has sex with different women and has kids with different women and he doesn't have any relationship with them and he doesn't support them with any money at all. But every Father's Day, he expects a Father's Day card from all of them. You know what I'm talking about? Or that dad who doesn't spend any time with his kids and then is upset because they don't want to be with him. Hello. Maybe you had a dad like that. Or like that woman who's trying to control her man all the time, and then she's upset because he doesn't stand up for whatever she thinks he should stand up for. I'm stepping away in case I'm gonna, someone's going to throw something at me. Right? I'm talking about women right now. I'll stop and step aside. You know what I'm talking about? When we, we make decisions in life, and we're like, oh, this is what happens or whatever. And, and you're like, you know what? The consequences you're living out comes from the decisions you're making in life. So if you want to have better consequences, and you exercise wisdom. Parents, you're not committing to a church? Don't be surprised if one day your kids look at God and think he's optional. Don't be surprised. Nobody's going to come to church next week. I know that. I'm, nobody's going to come to church. Am I speaking truth, guys? Anybody hear what I'm saying? Am I speaking truth? Yeah, put, make some noise. I'm, I'm speaking truth. We need wisdom. We need wisdom. How do you get it? You want wisdom? Here it is. Chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord. Let's read this out loud, guys. The fear of the Lord. The beginning of wisdom. Bam. That's the mic drop moment. The fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Now, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. This is like the foundation right here we're talking about. If you want to live a happier life, better life, successful life, you want to enjoy life to the max, here's how you do it. This word fear right here can mean a lot of different things. 
One of them is terror, and you read about in like Deuteronomy chapter 2. It's like a frightening situation. Another word here that describes fear is respect. It's like a, a slave with a master. This idea of, I'm going to respect you because you're in this position. Of, I just have deep respect for you, and I appreciate you. Another word here is reverence or awe. A-W-E. Reverence or awe. And I think about Simon Peter when he was on that boat, and the first time he runs into Jesus, and Simon Peter's a fisherman, and Jesus says, hey, cast your net on the other side. And Jesus is on the boat. He casts his net on the other side, and all these fish come up out of the net, and Simon Peter falls to his knees, and he looks at Jesus, and he says, get away from me. I'm a sinful man. He had this awe about Jesus. This reverence that, I don't know who this dude is, but he's bigger than everyone else. This doesn't make any sense. Have you ever been in awe of God? Like, you know what? Without a fa- I mean, I know God met with me in my car. <laughs> God met with me when I was walking to school. God met with me when I was just walking around the neighborhood. God met with me in my neighborhood. He is God. He is big. He is alive. And he's, we, we, you know, have you ever had that awe moment of God? Glory to God. So this word fear is a combination of all of these things. Let me say it like this. The fear of the Lord is a continual awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we think, say, and do. There's the fear of the Lord. Oh, guys, we're, we're about to make some better decisions in life right here, guys. You're going to thank me. Saving you on counseling and all kinds of costs, guys, right now. The fear of the Lord is this awareness that God is the all-seeing God. He sees everything I do day and night. God, know, God can read my mind. He knows my thoughts. And what I'm kicking around here, my fantasies, my imagination, the trips I take right here, matter to God. Pure thoughts and pure thoughts. My motives, my intentions, my love, my hate. Do I forgive? Do I hold a grudge? Do I hate? Do I seek revenge? God sees it all. And my decisions, even how I carry myself at school, at work, with my friends, everything I do, I'm keenly aware that there's an audience of one that I want to live for. There's an audience of one that cares about me and that knows the number of hairs on my head. There's an audience of one that knows the desires of my heart. There's an audience of one that has my future. Hello. There's an audience of one that loves me and sent his son, Jesus Christ, into this world for me. That I want to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And he's forgiven me for so much of my mess-ups and my mistakes and my sins. I just want to go deeper with him. Fearing the Lord is this keen awareness that God sees everything, hears everything, knows everything, and I'm going to make sure I'm pleasing God above all else. That's the fear of, our, fear of the Lord. Now, the problem in our world today is we have an excess of knowledge, but scarcity of wisdom. We don't know wisdom because we don't fear God. The book of Psalms says, the fool says there is no God. 
And if you live like that, the fear of the Lord is certainly not in you. Because you're the king, aren't you? You're the king or queen. If you don't even believe God exists, the fear of the Lord's not in you at all. But this, this, this quote here tells us that it's not about knowledge. Now, today, guys, we are living in a day and age where we have never had access to knowledge like we have today. Would you agree with me on that? I mean, you just have to reach your hand in your pocket and Google. I mean, we, we argue with our doctors and say, well, doctor, I read this article. I just want you to be aware of that. I mean, we just have access to everything. Knowledge is not the answer for transformation. Transformation happens when someone dies to themselves and surrenders to the will of God and invites Jesus into their life and the Holy Spirit renews their heart and mind. That's when real transformation happens. So knowledge is not the answer. If it was, our world would be a better place, wouldn't it? Our world would be a way better place. We'd have good people, kind people everywhere, and people wouldn't do stupid things, right? So knowledge is not the answer at all. Without the, or Deuteronomy chapter 10, God tells Israel like this. This is a good word for us. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God. There it is right there. It's the beginning of wisdom. And live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. There it is. There's the desire, the will of God. You came to church and you're like, I don't know what God wants for me. I'm going to church. I'll go to church. There's the message God wants you to hear. He wants you to fear him, learn to walk by faith, be with him, live in a way that pleases him. Let me say it like this. Without the fear of the Lord, you make final decisions based on faulty human understanding. When you incorporate the fear of the Lord into every moment of your life, you make decisions based upon his approval. So if you don't have the fear of the Lord, you have a limited perspective of what's right and what's wrong. You have a limited perspective of what's really happening around you. And you can make bad decisions based on a faulty perspective. Jerry Lorenzo, there's this uh, um, uh, brand of clothing and, and uh, you know, this this uh, merch, and it's called Fear of God. And, uh, and he said this, he's the founder of the Fear of God. He said, fearing God means you have a reverence, a love, and respect for God. So you just live like that. You're like, you know what? God has done so much in my life. He's been so good in my life. He's given me a life that I can't deserve. He's been so good to me. He has my future. And I'm just going to live like that. And you live with this love and respect and reverence for God within your own chest cavity. You just live like that. Have you, have you ever seen someone who has the fear of the Lord? They, they make decisions... They strive to make decisions that are pleasing to God. They're authentic. Have you ever met someone who's fake? You know what I'm talking about? You hang out with them and you're like, I don't really know who you are. You sound cool, but I don't really know who you are. You say all the right things, but I don't know who you are. Or someone that you're like, you go to church? Wow. You know? <laughs> it's like, if somebody's saying that, then you're not living an authentic life. You call yourself a Christian? Really? Oh, wow. I don't want to go to your church. I don't want to go to your church at all. You call yourself a Christian? I don't want to have anything to do with your God. You can always tell people who walk with the fear of God. 
they see life different they see the church different even with all the flaws and hurts of church and all of us if you've been in church for a while you've experienced it they just know who's the head of the church it's Jesus you know the church is gonna outlast the place where you work you know that the church is gonna outlast the place that you work it's lasted for 2,000 years. How many companies can you say lasted for 2,000 years? It's going to outlast Apple. It's going to outlast Tesla. Sorry, Elon. It's going to outlast Google. It's going to outlast everything because the head of the church is Jesus. I was talking to someone. I think I'm getting my days mixed up, but I think it was this morning before the 9 o'clock service, and they've been at Thorn Creek for a while, and, and I was thanking them. I was thanking them because I just have a deep appreciation for people who are loyal. And, and I, I told them, thank you for persevering. That's a good word, persevering, perseverance. A lot of us don't know how it feels to persevere. Because when it gets hard, hard when our feelings get hurt, when we become uncomfortable, when something happens that just rubs us the wrong way, we bolt. We bolt. But in the church, the church is beautiful. And yes, it has flaws because people are in the church and nobody's perfect and we're all under construction, including the pastor. Absolutely. But if you want to walk with God and if you want to go to the next level, you got to learn this word, perseverance. It's when you stick with it, even when it's hard. Perseverance. And you look at them also, people who fear God, they, they worship, they give, they love. They have a desire to obey God. And they're, they're not done either. They're still growing in their walk with God. They don't stop growing. They keep growing. They keep seeking God. They believe God is still working in their life. So they don't think about others. They think about themselves. And they think, God, I need you to keep working in my life because I know I got a lot of stuff to work on, God. I know. Refine me, Lord. Refine me, God, because I need you to burn off everything in my life that doesn't please you that's what it means to fear God to walk like that anybody at that place make some noise if you're at that place and if that's the desire of your heart to walk with God and let him have his way in your life let me say it again you can't truly be wise if you don't have a right relationship with God it starts with your relationship with God it starts with your relationship with God and if the if the if the river has grown stale if the river's not moving anymore if you feel like you know it all and if you feel like this message is for someone else then you need to repent and say God forgive me I know you're not done with me transform me right now that needs to be your prayer that needs to be your prayer it's it, knowledge is good but wisdom is even better Proverbs chapter 9 says this, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life.
I'll take you at your word. It's a narrow road that leads to life. I've seen how good it works. All right, guys, here's decision time right now. Here's right now, you have a chance to respond to the Spirit of God. Maybe while I've been up here preaching God's Word, God has been speaking to you. When you sense God speaking to you, you need to respond with obedience. So I want to lead you in a prayer. If you came to church and you're not a Christian, thank you for coming to church. Keep coming to church. But right now, you have a chance to become a Christian. You have a chance to do that, and I want to lead you in a prayer. And I also want to say a prayer for those of you who lack wisdom. Maybe you came in as a fool, but you're going to leave out as a wise person. And I want to lead you in a prayer to know the wisdom of God. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word, God. God, I want to pray for those who are ready to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. If that's you, would you say, Jesus, I turn to you with all my heart right now. I've been chasing all the wrong things. Forgive me for my sins. Right now, Jesus, I want to put my life into your hands, and I want you to get behind the steering wheel of my life. And I give you my past, present, and future. And put your Holy Spirit inside of me. Teach me right from wrong. Put a craving inside of my heart for your word. Change me, Jesus. Others of you, maybe if you need to know wisdom, maybe say this out loud. Say, God, give me wisdom. Say it out loud. God, give me Shout it out loud. God, give me wisdom. We need wisdom, God. And I pray for every soul that said that prayer. Give them wisdom in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray they walk in the fear of you, Lord, and learn the joy of walking with you, the incredible life that you give like nobody else gives, Lord. So bless them and continue to work in their life. Give them wisdom to make better choices in life and relationships and work and everything else in school. God, give them wisdom in the name of Jesus Christ. Change their mind. Change their heart, God. Renew it and have your way. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here. And thank you, God, for those who are about to give their offering, their tithe. Truth is, God, you are the provider. And our hands are in your hands, not, not the hands of our boss, not the hands of the company that we work for. Our future is in your hands, God, and we honor you and we love you. Thank you for this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray all this. And the church said, let's put our hands together. Thank God for his word.